Welcome to PTBC Podcast, where we will be speaking about innovation, technology, growing your business, and maximizing your entrepreneurial potential. Let's get down to business. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the PTBC Podcast. This is Sarush here, and I'm joined by my friend and colleague, Slava. Hey, everyone. So this week, we have another episode with a very successful American physical therapist and entrepreneur who's been making waves in the telehealth space. Let's welcome Darwin Focht. Darwin has spent years working in orthopedics and sports rehabilitation as a physical therapist. He later opened up a physio clinic called Evolution Physical Therapy, as well as a fitness service called Evolution Fitness to create an all-encompassing practice that included outstanding physio services, as well as advanced fitness programs. But that's not all. Later in his career, as a way to improve access to care, he founded the first successful tele-rehab platform that provided physical therapy services to clients called Physio, and that's spelled P-H-Z-I-O. Physio is operating under the corporation that was also founded by him called E-Wellness Healthcare Corporation, and Darwin and his team were able to grow this corporation with over $3.3 million of cash invested, and now currently sitting at a $27 million market cap price tag. This company has taken the physiotherapy industry by storm and provided an innovative twist to the way we serve communities. We're excited to have Darwin speak to us about telehealth space today and how this is definitely transforming our industry. So without further ado, let's get down to business. All right, Darwin, how are you doing today? Doing great. It's great to talk to you guys. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for coming on as well, Darwin. Thank you. You have uh, such an amazing journey that you've come from being a physical therapist to uh, creating some of these uh, companies and really taking them to the next level. So could you tell us a little bit about your journey and how you got here today? Absolutely. So I guess I I was always an entrepreneur. I guess it was always in my DNA. Uh, So I graduated from PT school um, and within a year I had already kind of been over the idea of of, uh, working for somebody else and decided to start my practice just one year out of school. And that was back in, geez, uh, 2002 at this point. Um, I actually had an interesting path. I never really worked for a large corporate entity, uh, physio clinics or or things like that. My journey brought me from graduation to working in a small boutique Pilates clinic. And then quickly after that, I uh, had a job working as a private physiotherapist for this billionaire in Los Angeles. So it's a really interesting trajectory for me. This is not something that they typically tell you is an opportunity when you're in PT school, that you could literally be flying around the world in some guy's Gulfstream uh, treating him. So it was, it was pretty f- fantastic journey. And I got to see a lot of the world the way, you know, 0.1% of the population does. Um, ultimately, you know, I wasn't learning as, as a new grad. It wasn't an optimal situation for me. I wasn't learning a lot and but it did inspire me this particular uh, he became this big uh, media mogul but he started out as a used car salesman mm-hmm. so this guy kind of inadvertently inspired me and and at, at the time you know I, I was new grad and uh, I had nothing to lose and so where I'd always knew I was going to own my own clinic um, mm-hmm. it certainly wasn't you know wasn't expected to happen that soon so uh, so, so this gentleman did inspire me to open my own clinic. So I did that here in Los Angeles. And I always had this idea that, that physical therapy needed to be something different than kind of what we were learning in school. And I always had a habit of doing things a little bit differently. Back in 2002, this idea of direct access for physio just didn't exist, uh, certainly not in California. And, and that's really where I thought the profession needed to sprout its own wings, essentially, mm-hmm. and, and stop being so beholden to the physician's referrals. So that's how I started Evolution Physical Therapy was by really doing more guerrilla marketing. Obviously, there, were, there was no such thing as social media back then, which would, would have made this, this journey a lot easier. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I was you know, planned, going and sponsoring different running events and, and reaching out in the communities, giving lectures flyers on windshields of cars and I was really getting my patients by reaching out to them directly 
And then they were my conduit to actually get to the physicians and introduce them to the concepts that I was doing in physical therapy. Mm -hmm. The other thing that I, I was doing very differently back in 2002, and I'd like to think that that hopefully is, has changed on a more widespread level in, in physio today. But back then, I was incorporating kind of the whole continuum of care from physical therapy to fitness regime. So mm -hmm. I, was, I was not just doing rehab. I was doing preventative work. I was doing performance-based training, and I was doing wellness. I would like to think that, that these services are readily available in most clinical practices today. But back in 2002, that really was kind of a, a novel idea. And, and that's where I saw physical therapy and still do, um, that we need to be the providers who are doing all of this for our patients and, and reaching out on a grander scale. Um, and, and another thing, I, I was always into technology. So I, I was one of the first clinical users to have the Alter-G anti-gravity treadmill because I, I thought that was just a brilliant piece of technology. Certainly couldn't afford it when, when I bought it, but um, I always wanted to be kind of on the bleeding edge of technology in my clinics and, and have experimented with a lot of different types of technologies and equipment that come through. Um, I think I was a very easy mark for a lot of these reps who would, who would have a new product. They would know that I think I was the first person in their Rolodex that they would, they would call up and, and, and come give me a demo of the product in the clinic. Um, so the, the genesis of physio actually was through one of my patients who was a, a serial entrepreneur. He, um, he, he had, he had, he had a micro discectomy, um, went to the, the top, um, spinal surgeon in the area. And the surgeon said, look, you have to go have an appointment, uh, at evolution with Darwin and he'll fix your back. So it doesn't turn into a spusion, uh, fusion. And, and this patient, he won't mind me saying, but he was uh, grossly overweight. I, I don't say grossly. <laughs> I love him. He, he, was, he, he was heavy, heavier than he should have been. It was causing a lot of additional stress on his spine that was, that was unnecessary. Well, he, um, he wormed his way onto my schedule because I was not seeing new patients at the time. So uh, <laughs> he found his way onto my schedule. Very interesting. And he started to look at my operations in one of the clinics and, and see, he saw the continuum of care. Uh, we ended up through the course of, of his rehab, he ended up losing 70 or 80 pounds. Wow. And he mm -hmm. said, you know, this is, this is fantastic what you've done here. How do you scale this? You know, mm -hmm. he has this business mind going and I said, well, you, you, I'm, I'm scaling it because I'm adding locations every year. I was trying to add another location, but that's it. Uh, I'm bound by my resources, by my, you know, four walls in these clinics and the, you really scale by adding locations. Mm -hmm. And he said, well, what if, what if we can bring this online? And he says, I, I, I used to work with a technology guy who lives up in Ottawa and let me, let me give him a call and see if, if we could figure this out. And mm -hmm. I said, oh, of course I'm game. You know, it's, we're talking about technology, different use cases, uh, expanding the physio market. I'm, I'm all in, but, I, I honestly was very skeptical. I said, you know, these patients, they love coming to, um, to see my clinicians. They, they love the environment that I've created. They're, they're getting better. But I'm, let's give it a shot and let's see. And it was, it was about that time that, that I'm, I'm really wanting to continue to push the edges of, of physical therapy and, and really define what it means or, or try to redefine, I guess, what it means. And I'm looking around and seeing, you know, this, this diabetes epidemic that's, that's just, it's just sinking our, our, uh, our medical system. And, and there's so much cost associated with that. When the reality is there's a very simple intervention for, for a lot of these folks. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's exercise intervention. It's, it's dietary consultation and to some level, some behavioral health and, so nobody is executing on this exercise component. And I said, well, that's us. That's physical therapists. This is what we should be doing. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's a tough sell, right? Because this isn't a, a normal intervention for these types of patients. Mm -hmm. But it was around then where I started to see, okay, well, these are patients who are overweight. Um, they have undue stresses on their knees and their, their lumbar joints. And... Um, and we can help them. And, and these patients don't necessarily need to come into a clinic to get manual therapy or to get modalities. What they need 
is an exercise intervention. It needs to be specifically prescribed to them. And there needs to be a level of accountability built in for these patients. And so that's how physio started, was to be this protocol that we would take these patients with these metabolic disorders, do an evaluation with them, and then give them their exercises in this telehealth environment where we could monitor these patients doing their exercises, holding them accountable, and then tracking these outcomes and, and how they got better. So we started out as that, as a pre-diabetic um, obesity uh, intervention, telehealth intervention, and, and we were piloting the studies you know, in conjunction with some uh, bariatric surgeons in the area. And we, we found some immediate success in that initial patient cohort. And, and since then, um, we've really expanded our offerings to include a, a lot of different patient subsets, which we can get into. But uh, my, my DNA is, is certainly in the orthopedic and, and sports phases. So um, we've, we've now been able to treat those uh, a wide array of, of different types of patients using the physio system. But it's interesting that we really started as a tool for um, obesity management and uh, more of a wellness aspect than strict rehabilitation. And um, the, the services that, that, that telehealth offers or, or the opportunity in leveraging technology is there's, there's so many different applications that we can use it for um, being physiotherapists. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, you give us a good overview of how this platform has evolved so far, right? And, um, you know, we've got a chance to uh, look at the platform and trial it with you a little bit. And it does definitely sound like an amazing version of just what we're providing through the through some uh, leveraging technology. Uh, we're just wondering what kind of opportunities so far you've seen physio, uh, the program uh, in the platform, uh, creates for clinicians within the US and Canada as well. Sure, and, and uh, by someone named Darwin, I can appreciate every time you can throw the word evolve into the conversation. I appreciate that, thank you. <laughs> so um, yes, the, the text certainly has evolved. Um, and really the opportunities that exist through the tele-rehab is that we're taking physical therapy directly to the population via their phones or their tablets or their computers. So I've always seen that, that physiotherapy really has a brand identity crisis. And I mean, I think we could even take that a step further. And if we don't fix this brand identity crisis, uh, we could be on the hands of an existential crisis mm -hmm. where a, a patient with a, a musculoskeletal disorder, um, we'll just use mechanical low back pain as an example. There's a number of different ways a patient can respond to that condition. Largely and, and too often, at, at least here in the States, that patient with mechanical low back pain is going to go to see a chiropractor or is going to go to an urgent care center or go to a primary care physician. And if they go down those routes, there's a good likelihood that that patient's going to be prescribed medication, going to be prescribed uh, probably an unnecessary imaging study, an X-ray or an MRI, and they may eventually find their way to physiotherapy, but they may not. Mm -hmm. And so the opportunity that exists through physio and through tele-rehab is that we get to get in front of that patient before they're allowed to go down one of these other channels. Mm -hmm. Like if we can effectively communicate and market to these patients and show them physiotherapy can fix your low back pain. Physiotherapy can fix the knee pain when you're running. Mm -hmm. And this is how to do it. And, and we're basically one click away from connecting with that patient and educating them on, on the nature of their condition and what we're going to do to treat it. And that's exercise-based therapy. So the opportunities, and, and this is really worldwide, you know, not, not just in, in the Canadian US markets, but the opportunity is, is to leverage technology, to simplify technology, to allow unlimited patient access to physiotherapy. So connecting with them, one touch of a button, the patient is connected with the physio and then the physio gets to, um, to treat that patient in this online environment. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And there's some amazing implications for what telehealth can do for the physiotherapy as an industry and brand us as those movement and exercise specialists that we've kind of been put on this earth to do. Uh, Darwin, can you explain a little bit more about the uh, physio model and uh, some of the uh, fees associated with it for the clinician? Absolutely. So where we are today with physio is there's two definitive use cases for it. And this is true in the Canadian market as well as uh, the United States. So we're, we're trying to get as many physio users on the system as possible, just so we can spread the word, right? We really want to go viral, make sure that our message of physiotherapy has an outlet and, and we can reach the great, greatest amount of patients as possible in order to, to give kind of the general population the most benefit from our skills. So in, in that way, any physio who's got an active license is able to sign up for uh, the physio.com for free and create their own account, create their own virtual care physical therapy space, if you will. Mm-hmm. So anyone can do that, go online um, and then uh, establish their virtual care clinic and then go out and market their services to their communities to uh, via their social media outlets, via their website, mm-hmm. uh, via any any mechanism to get this information out to the public is the idea to connect with the patient and bring that patient into this users, into this physiotherapist virtual care clinic. Now the costs associated with that is every time the physio treats a patient, they're only charged 99 cents for that treatment. Mm -hmm. So the physio is able to assign whatever value that they want for a treatment. So if a physio wanted to charge $200 for an assessment, they could do that. If they wanted to charge uh, $89, they could do that. Um, The cost to us is just 99 cents. And so that's unlimited training and support is included in that 99 cent fee. So the idea of this, again, is is to just create a big wide net to let all of our users get out there, let them kind of explore different messaging, let them figure out different patient subsets that their skills may be uh, best associated with and, and really get as many patients onto the physio system as possible and really generate some great outcomes, generate some great data around treatments uh, using our, our user base. Uh, and, and keep in mind, by the way, that one of the things that makes telerehab so exciting and, and gives the physio the ability to scale is that you can treat any patient uh, within the jurisdiction that you're licensed in. So if you're licensed in Ontario, you can treat any patients that's living in the entire province. So historically, and at a brick and mortar clinic, you know, you get a radius of a, a few kilometers from the clinic to generate your patient traffic. Now with, with tele-rehab, you can be at home and cast your net hundreds, thousands of kilometers away and and bring those patients into your virtual care clinic. So it's a very, very valuable aspect of of practicing via tele-rehab. So that's kind of the the basic level from our users is to just create your account, be an independent provider, uh, use all of the tools and utility that we've created in our physio system to treat your patients independently. Now, separately, what we're doing on the other side is we as a a company are going out and establishing agreements with commercial payers uh, in the Canadian market, uh, workers' comp payers here in the States, and we are bringing patients to the marketplace, Mm -hmm. essentially, and then distributing them to our physio users. So in that way, this think of this as really kind of an Uber style of uh, a model. So we're going to assemble this group of patients, and then based on the availability of our physio users, we will give those patients to the providers to treat. And in that way, those providers obviously aren't uh, don't have to pay us the ninety nine cents. What we're doing is issuing those physios a percentage of what we're collecting from uh, these carriers and these agreements. 
So again, that, that is really an Uber style of physical therapy. And just to give you some understanding of what we're doing more specifically in these agreements is we're identifying the 10 most appropriate diagnoses for tele-rehab intervention. Mm-hmm. So we've identified it and are telling these carriers, okay, we're, we're just getting started with this. So what we want to do is anytime a patient presents with low back pain, anytime a patient presents with cervical strain or patellofemoral syndrome, or is coming post-op after a, a total hip or total knee, every time someone is filing a claim with one of those affiliated diagnostic codes, they're immediately being sent to us at physio. Mm-hmm. And then from there, what we're going to do is triage them through, through this, through our online treatment room. And it's binary at that point. It's yes, we can treat them exclusively uh, through a tele-rehab approach or no, this patient presents with some comorbidities. This patient presents as a fall risk. Maybe there's some cognitive uh, issues. No, this patient needs more hands-on care. We're going to send them back down the traditional care path, and then the patient's going to go to a clinic. Mm-hmm. The, we're finding that about 80, 85% of the patients that we've, we've identified are coming into our channel are being successfully treated through an entire tele-rehab approach. So it's, it's really the, the success of our users is, is going to hinge on making sure we're identifying proper musculoskeletal patients who can fit this model. And the, the mechanical low back pain patient is probably the best example. It's, it's really, that is really in our wheelhouse. Those are the patients that are going to do better if they're prescribed a lumbopelvic stabilization program. Uh, and, and of course, identifying their, their individual um, impairments and addressing those too. But, but that really is, is probably the best example of the best patient cohort that's going to be successful on a, in a tele-rehab environment. Uh, we can talk about other different specialties that, that we've identified that uh, can, be a, uh, can, can be successful in a tele-rehab environment. Uh, my wife is a, is a great women's health practitioner. She, she spends a lot of time with the perinatal patients. Mm-hmm. And these are, again, are, are, are patients that there's a barrier for them getting the care that they need be, by virtue of their busy schedules and having an infant at home. Mm-hmm. So where uh, a, a mother might have a C-section, so we've completely um, disrupted the, the anterior wall and, and obviously the effect of that on the lumbopelvic uh, complex by compromising the abdominals, that patient needs core stabilization and strengthening. But now there's an infant at home and, and trying to get that infant loaded into a car to drive across town, to get to a clinic, to unload the baby. It's, it's just it, it prohibitive for that patient population. So what if we could identify these patients and guess what? The baby takes a nap at one o'clock in the afternoon. What if we can now reach out to that patient, have her do her core stabilization exercises at home while the physio is monitoring and providing feedback? That's just another great use case is, is this women's health um, subset, uh, incontinence training. It's another example, vestibular rehab, mm-hmm. uh, geriatrics, pediatrics, um, communities who are, you know, more rural in nature and um, just don't have access to the providers in their area. There are so many different subspecialties and use cases that tele-rehab applies for. What we're doing is just targeting the lowest hanging fruit at this point, these, these 10 musculoskeletal conditions that I talked about because we're going to get results and we're going to get buy-in from the carriers, from the communities, from the general population. And then we're going to be able to spin into these other uh, subspecialties and really demonstrate that uh, physiotherapy can be practiced in a tele-rehab environment. Mm-hmm. And, and that's one of the reasons why we absolutely love this telehealth uh, movement because of the sheer, sheer amount of uh, convenience that it's providing to all the individuals that are using it, you know, especially living in a, uh, in a country where the, you know, in the morning it's like 25 degrees and at night it's negative 30 and there's 17 centimeters of snow, right? You never know what's going to happen. So 
you know, there's a big snowstorm, this telehealth um, really does provide that convenience of you still getting the care for the rehab that you need, um, you know, while still, um, you know, not, not being affected by the weather or things like that, that may be unforeseen circumstances like that, right? Um, and, uh, you know, you did mention that you, you guys do capture about 85% of the people that are coming in um, that are more indicated for this telehealth uh, style of rehab. Uh, I was wondering how you guys have been able to try to capture the other 15%. Uh, is there uh, a, an ability to mix this platform and telehealth with current existing clinics? It, that's a great question, and absolutely is the answer. Uh, there certainly is a hybrid model for telehealth. Uh, you, you mentioned weather conditions. That's just one great example of a barrier for a patient not getting the care that they need. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I'm in Los Angeles, so we, we don't have those snow days that <laughs> close a clinic down, thankfully. Uh, those numbers that you're talking about are just ungodly. I don't know why a human would exist. Yeah. <laughs> in a place that, <laughs> that has negative 30 degrees, but yeah. um, yikes. But a- absolutely. So uh, weather barriers, um, work barriers, you know, a, a, a patient gets busy, gets called into a meeting, suddenly, suddenly they have to cancel their 3 p.m. physio appointment. Um, I mentioned the, the, the baby factor, um, raising kids and, and school commitments and things like that. These are all things that really drive cancellation rates for a clinic. And, uh, you know, while I had my clinics, that was something that would just plague me. And, and mm-hmm. just, uh, you know, <laughs> why my hair is so gray, I think is because it's canc- <laughs> the cancellation rates. And, you know, it, it's something that, that we really as in a brick and mortar practice, you need to be aware of and have a mechanism to reduce those cancellation rates. And if, if you adopt a hybrid approach to care via tele-rehab, you can substantially reduce those cancellation rates. So let's say the scenario is, is, is a business executive who's, who's very busy, um, he's, he's got that afternoon, you know, 3 o'clock p.m. appointment, something suddenly comes up, gets called into a meeting, uh, it's now 2.45, he can't make it across town to come to the clinic. Well, what we can do instead for this patient, who would otherwise be a cancellation, is now let's get him into a tele-rehab session. And so we'll just connect with him. You know, the, 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 the PT, the clinic, will be one click away from scheduling that patient, and then they'll meet up in this virtual treatment room, and then they can guide them through the exercises um, and just as they would if the patient were to make it into a clinic. So there certainly is that opportunity for clinics um, to, again, reduce cancellation rates, but also to, um, to extend their reach. So again, now we're, we're going beyond this radius for, for connecting with the patients in the local communities. Now we're extending our reach hundreds of kilometers away. Mm-hmm. There's another use case that I did, and, and again, I guess I, I didn't say in, in, my, in the history, I, I had built Evolution um, Physical Therapy up to nine clinics, and I've, I recently sold it last year, so I could really focus on this, on, on physio.com, and making sure that mm-hmm. this becomes much more mainstream and successful. Right. But while I I'd had Evolution, I was exploring a lot of different use cases. I mentioned the pre-diabetic kind of bariatric patients, huge success. Uh, I had a lot of success with corporate wellness. Um, we're, we're about to to jump into some pilot studies around total joints and, and, and prehab affiliated with total joints. There was something else that I, I tried and was hugely successful was I was using the physio platform to do these triage one-on-one appointments in order to generate increased traffic to our clinics. And mm-hmm. what I mean is there's a lot of PTs that, to their credit who are doing these um, either in clinic or over the phone uh, discovery sessions. So a free 10 minute consultation over the phone to see if that patient's appropriate for physical therapy. So what I did was use the physio platform to do exactly the same thing. So on our website, there was a button and in our social media campaigns, there was a button to say, schedule a free 10 minute call with a physical therapist to see if we can help you patient would do that. Obviously, it's, it's much easier to um, engage with a patient with a video chat than versus a telephone. And it's certainly a lot easier than the patient having to come into the clinic for a free 10-minute consultation. 
So I would connect with these patients, do the quick, you know, musculoskeletal screen, do some movement screens. And inevitably, these were patients that, um, you know, cervical sprains, the, the low back pains, the, the shoulder impingement that obviously we could fix with physical therapy. And I'd say, yep, you're a candidate. Um, I'm going to have uh, uh, my assistant give you a call. We'll schedule you and get you into the clinic. Uh, in the meantime, I'm going to shoot a few exercises to you right now uh, from our physio exercise library. And then you can get a, a, a jump on your exercises before you get into a clinic. So we were able to, to utilize this tool of this free 10-minute consultation and drive a lot of patients directly into the brick and mortar clinic location. So that was very effective um, at, at, uh, and very sticky at getting those patients into the clinic. The, the problem was with that is, is as I would give these patients, you know, essentially four or five different exercises as a HEP, inevitably those patients would get better before their clinic evaluation was. So they'd end up canceling. Right. So it, it, it was, it actually just proved the, the, the model that this works. Telerehab works. A lot of times these patients, we've got a, uh, we've got a computer programmer who's, who's at their desk for 12 hours a day. Uh, guess what? You know, they've got upper cross syndrome. They've, they've got tight uh, upper traps and, and, and pecs and weak interscapular muscles and, and lower traps like, well, very easily, what we have to do is just show them three or four exercises. We'll teach them how to stretch the pecs, stretch the uh, upper traps, the levator, uh, engage the rhomboids, um, and, and, and scapular retraction, strengthening exercises. And now they're better. And so, you know, that's a patient that didn't need the manual therapy to release the upper traps. They just needed to be shown a, some exercises uh, shown what the correct ergonomic positioning looks like, um, shown how, how to self-manage through a series of exercises, and they don't need to come into a clinic. So this is a patient who wouldn't otherwise probably have sought care, but now because we've had this instant connection, this, this, this access, um, this, this unrestricted access to care, this patient is now better and has a better understanding of what physical therapy is. So um, that's the hybrid approach that can exist between a clinical practice and uh, physio.com. Mm -hmm. What I'm sorry, if I can just expand on that, because this is actually the way we started is, is going out to a lot of the clinical owners and, and trying to get them married to this idea that yes, you can reduce your cancellation rates. Yes. You can increase your reach. Yeah. Clinical owners tended to, understand it, really have a good sense and we're excited about our technology. Uh, everyone was really excited. But at the end of the day, a lot of the owners, I, I think, are just a little bit stuck in the trenches in the day-to-day -day grind and the operations of what they've always done. And so they had a hard time really operationalizing it within their clinics. So it was about 2018 where we finally kind of went back to the drawing board and said, look, these clinical owners, they're just, they get it, but they don't get it. They just that they're they're unable to leverage what you know this incredible tool to to their benefit for any number of reasons. Mm -hmm. So that's when we kind of shifted our mentality and said, look, what if we went to the individual physios? What if we went to these users, this this next generation of physios who look like you guys, who 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 have, I think, a a better business mind or, or more open to new ideas is certainly more open to technology advances mm -hmm. and, and willing to think about uh, incorporating a side hustle into their clinical hours, you know, thinking about creating a better uh, work life balance, being able to have flexibility over their schedule. I mean, I, I get to work from home a lot of days, most days, mm -hmm. right? So I, I roll out of bed and, and I can, um, you know, go right to my, my home office and with a cup of coffee, I'm online treating patients. Mm -hmm. What an incredible, incredible advantage right. than the previous you know, generations of PTs. It's, it's really a remarkable way that, that uh, you have freedom now over your schedule and, and you get to choose when and where to treat patients. Mm -hmm. And there are definitely a lot of advantages uh, to incorporating telehealth into the 
into our rehab processes as well for the patients, for the clinics, for the physios, right? You mentioned some of them already. But Darwin, what's the one biggest challenge you think there will be with the implementation of telehealth in the future? Well, I can speak, I can speak for the, the U.S. market today. And the, the barrier, the, the problem that we're having is that Medicare, who, who services our senior population, has not accepted physical therapists or occupational therapists as accepted users of um, telehealth today. So they passed a, a pretty sweeping telemedicine uh, law a, a few years back, which included physicians. So physicians are able to treat via telemedicine platforms. Quite frankly, I think they just forgot, uh, which isn't uncommon, you know, unfortunately for our profession that sometimes we're undervalued, underutilized. I say sometimes, I mean always. Yeah. Um, so that is a barrier. So Medicare standards tend to be the standards that most of the commercial payers uh, adhere to. So with that, we can treat patients online, but there's no guarantee of reimbursement from our commercial carriers. Mm -hmm. That's the barrier. Now, I was, I was uh, submitting claims in California, and I was getting 100% reimbursed by uh, two of the biggest carriers here in the state. That's not tr necessarily true in Texas or New York. We don't know how the carriers are going to respond. So from that respect, it's, it's, hard to, it's hard for a lot of clinicians to, to uh, or, or clinics really, to, to stick their necks out and adopt this technology if there's no guarantee of payment. So what they have to do then is this has to be a cash-based approach. Uh, so the patient has to pay cash for the services. And there's, there's, again, I think there's still a little bit of hesitancy, although I think that's kind of old school mentality that, that patients aren't willing to pay cash for services. The fact is they will and they'll pay for that convenience and they'll pay for that level of service. Um, so that's the barrier here in the States is they're not able to, um, to guarantee insurance reimbursement. And, and that's why we're focused here on the workers' comp space because we're making these individual deals with the workers' comp carriers and they're guaranteeing payments. It will come. I mean, there, it absolutely will come because it's a cost savings and, and, uh, just, just from a delivery of care um, mechanism, but also because we can prevent those more costly services uh, like, like imaging, like uh, uh, medication, over-prescribed medication by using physical therapy. I mean, we've proven that time and time again in our profession. One of the other barriers I will say that, that may exist in the more rural populations of uh, the Canadian markets and, and certainly in the U.S. as well is technology, uh, you know, some of the more rural centers may not have access to higher speed Wi-Fi that's required for the platform. Um, but I think you'd be surprised. There, there, are, there are certainly different community centers that exist in you know, some of these rural communities here on the Native American reservations. They may not have access to Wi-Fi in their residence, but there are different medical centers uh, different community centers that may not have a physiotherapist on staff, but they've got high speed connections that connect that can connect with a physio uh, in that jurisdiction. So um, while I would say that, uh, you know, as, as recently as, as just a few years ago, technology barriers and, and having access to high speed was an issue, but I, I don't think that's the same here in 2019. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and definitely, you know, it makes a lot of sense with some of those barriers that you mentioned. And I do think that we have similar barriers here um, in Canada, especially, you know, let's say if an insurance company doesn't understand how we're approaching tele-rehab, they may not, for example, cover it, right? So there's definitely some of those um, barriers that uh, need to be dealt with. And I think that as, as, you know, the industry adopts telehealth a little bit more and as there's more understanding of how it can fit into the rehab cycle, think those barriers will start to slowly diminish, but you know, we'll see when that happens. Right. Um, 
in terms of uh, opportunities now, so I want to ask you for the next five years or so, five to 10 years, um, as this telehealth is starting to take off and as, you know, your uh, platform starts to get more and more uh, recognized, what kind of opportunities, let's say business and from the provider's perspective, do you think that this telehealth uh, space is going to start providing for our industry? Uh, I think, well, certainly in 10 years, uh, I think this will be the standard of care. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the majority of the patients are going to be accessing physiotherapy care through technology. Um, I would like to say within five years. I, I think we, we've been going at it for five years. And in the last six months, I've seen just an exponential uptick in interest from the consumer side, but also from the physio side. So this, this train has left the station and it is moving fast. And, and I'm, I'm just, it, it's a little bit of whiplash that, you know, for me, that <laughs> five years, we just kind of kept going and going and trying just staying alive and staying relevant. And now all of a sudden it's like, you know, I'm just getting bombarded by different requests and, and, and interests and everyone wants to jump on um, and, and get involved. So um, I think our timeline is, is really in five years. Mm-hmm. What can we do? Well, I think the opportunity through physio.com is to finally become a much more relevant profession. Uh, As I talked about, I I think physio needs to establish ourselves as primary care clinicians, uh, Mm -hmm. movement specialists. So we we need to get involved in in wellness. We need to get involved in all things, uh, you know, musculoskeletal. So not just rehab, but establishing ourselves as providers for you know, exercise-based interventions. Uh, the opportunities are endless if, if you frame it that way. If you, if you look at your skill set, what your education has provided you, what your experience has provided you, and just just think about how you can incorporate that within this tele-rehab platform. I think the I think the the opportunities are endless, um, and and it's really on a global scale because we have uh, you know this technology. We can we can get to all corners of the world and and really become a fundamental uh, create kind of a fundamental change to the way uh, medicine is practiced. Um, you know, I, I don't even want to go down the rabbit hole of, of the opioid epidemic that is plaguing our society. But mm-hmm. guess what? If, if we can get those chronic pain, chronic pain patients into a, a, a system of exercise that's accountable and, and give them the behavioral health um, services through physio.com and, and give them dietary um, uh, a, services through physio um, and, and really become more of an, uh, a platform that's, that's interdisciplinary. I think, I think fundamentally we can solve a, a lot of the healthcare issues that's happening on a global scale. Um, I, I really am thinking big on this and, and really redefining what physiotherapy is. And we just happen to get to do it through a, a, a technology platform. So the opportunities, I believe, are unlimited, and it just, it just takes uh, a group of like-minded physios, and, and I'm hoping that, that, that in some way, on some level, I can help influence this, this younger generation of PTs to think beyond what you've been taught in school and what you've seen in the clinics. And let's expand our professional responsibility. And the way to do it you know, with, with uh, very little friction is through tele-rehab and, and I think through physio.com. Mm-hmm. Darren, it's amazing to be a part of this conversation and just uh, the opportunities are truly endless when you think about some of the impl- uh, implications of tele-rehab and how it will um, make physiotherapy a fundamental player, physiotherapists, fundamental players in the health of individuals and how much better services we can provide in a more convenient uh, setup. Uh, so this is where the technology is taking the industry and we're excited to be a part of the ride for the next uh, many, many years to come as well. Um, specifically talking about you, Darwin, as you've had an amazing journey, as we mentioned before, and I know that you're constantly learning, constantly on the go. Uh, we just wanted to ask you, 
Uh, what's the book that has really made an impact in your journey and development as an entrepreneur? It, it's a great question. And, uh, you know, I, I did breeze through your website <laughs> and have recognized a lot of those titles. So, um, unfortunately, I'm a little bit later to your podcast schedule. Uh, so, you know, certainly E-Myth was uh, by Michael Gerber. That, that was one that, that I, was fundamental for me opening my, my clinical practice. Um, obviously, start with, with the why. Um, it was influential for me. Um, the four-hour work week is, is particularly interesting by Tim Ferriss because, it, you know, if, if any of the audience has read that book, I mean, that truly is the definition of tele-rehab. Is, is being location independent, being in, um, in the Bahamas, and you can treat patients in, uh, in Canada who are suffering negative 30 degrees uh, weather. <laughs> so so I, I really appreciate the four-hour week, week, work week, and, and I've spent a lot of time uh, reading that and, and really just laughing because never <laughs> before in the history of the profession has that been an opportunity that you could be location independent and treat patients. And it's just exciting to, to be kind of at the forefront of, of, uh, of, of actually allowing that to happen now. And, and I'm looking forward to, to not just uh, the successes that you guys have using physio, but, but anyone in the audience, uh, I really want to share experiences and find out the different wins and, and different use cases that I may not have considered. Um, and and I, I can't wait to hear the first story of someone moving to Hawaii and, uh, and practicing, you know, exclusively in a virtual care environment. So, so I'm going to give you guys a title, uh, maybe a little more esoteric and, 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 and more for personal development, but, but also I can tie it back to professional development as well. Mm -hmm. And the book is, is The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. And it, it's, um, it, it's a very thoughtful book, uh, kind, of, kind of talking about life in terms of um, Buddhist philosophy. And it, it's largely how I try to live my own personal life. Um, th there's, there's a lot of fundamental things in there um, about the, like the laws of impermanence that, that nothing lasts forever and that time is, is kind of a, a, a relative um, is a relative condition um, and that the, the, the past and future don't really exist. The only thing that actually exists is the present. And I think it's a great perspective of, of how to live life in general. And the way that it, it got me, it helped me in business kind of in, in the final stages before, before I sold was, uh, it, it allowed me to, to detach. It, it's, it's almost a detachment from your day-to-day -day life. Getting out of your head is, is really the, what the power of now explains is we are so caught up in the stories that our minds tell us and, and habitual um, movements and, and, and thoughts that don't serve us very well. And so it, it helped me to kind of detach a little bit in life and, and appreciate the now. In business, what I realized that I was stuck in my head as well. I, I was married to all these kind of old themes and, and old ways of conducting business in, in a traditional practice. So what, it, what it allowed me to do was detach from kind of the day-to-day -day operations. It allowed me to, to really rise above and, and get that 30,000-foot view. And from there, you have such a, a much better perspective. You have a better view, and you can understand how these – how you can how you can rework the components in a in a, in a brick and mortar practice to better optimize care. Uh, things are, are aren't as cluttered when you get out of your head and, and when you remove yourself from the practice, and you can really just see a lot clearer and make the changes uh, and make the pivots that uh, are much more clear to you at that point. You know, there's a, there's a whole saying of uh, how's it go? You, you need to be working. Um, on the practice or, or on the business and not in the business. And mm -hmm. I think that's kind of how the power of now kind of taught me how to do that is, is to step back. And, and as soon as I got myself out of kind of being entrenched in, in the brick and mortar practice, um, things just started to flow. And, and so then I went from, you know, a two clinic practice to a nine clinic practice very, very quickly 
by getting out of the way, basically, and just getting out of my head and, and seeing the opportunities to, to optimize, which include which included the, the tele-rehab design. So um, again, a little more esoteric and it may not be for everybody, but I highly recommend any clinician or, or anyone really on the street to read this book. It's, um, it's really kind of a thought provoker and I've read it many, many times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you made an important point about uh, just the detachment component. And it's very, you know, it's a, it's a tough thing for entrepreneurs in general, I think, to detach from, you know, what they're working on because they get so obsessed in a good way, but at the same time, it starts to really have some negative uh uh, consequences at the same time if every minute every second of the day you're you're thinking about it you're really like in it like which is good for the development at the beginning but at the same time could have other long-term consequences could affect your personal life and stuff so yeah definitely sounds like a, a great read it has come across uh, us as well so we do also recommend that book for sure um, so, uh, Darwin, thank you so much for sharing all the experiences you've had and, and bringing such innovation to our industry. I think that I could speak for a lot of people in our industry and say that this is definitely something that, um, will be much, much more, um, uh, explosive and it's going to be so useful for a lot of people, especially improving access and all the other endless opportunities like you mentioned. Um, and I'm sure that we're going to have uh, listeners who will be interested in uh, working with uh, Physio, working with you. And we're wondering how they can get in touch with you, whether it's on social media or through an email. Uh, sure. I'm, I'm unfortunately probably not as active on social media as I should be. Um, I, I do have a Twitter handle and, and hopefully if you, if, if your audience will tweet me, it will get me much more active as I should be. So, um, <laughs> I, I am at the digital PT one, but, uh, at the digital PT and then the number one. Um, so go ahead and tweet me and inspire me to get more active on there. Otherwise I certainly can be emailed and it's D Vote, it's D-F-O-G as in Greg, T as in Tom, at physio.com. That's P-H-Z-I-O.com. Perfect. Perfect. Thank you so much, Darwin. We appreciate you coming on. And hopefully if anybody has any questions for you, they can reach out to you through your Twitter or your email. Thank you so much. Absolutely. I enjoyed our conversation. I love what you guys are doing as well. Thank you. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Take care, guys. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to the PTBC podcast. Hope you enjoyed the episode today. Please check us out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and at our website, ptbusinesscorner.com. Feel free to send us a message on social media or email us at info at ptbusinesscorner.com. See you next time.